Travis Yost, the leadoff man. He led off season four and leads us off once again week two. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing good. You know, I want to start with our poll question for you uh, at TSN Analytics. And it's, which surprising team is most likely to make the playoffs this season? The Devils, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, or none of them, and then in capitals, regression? <laughs> uh, man, if you could have given me a decent team in that list, I would have taken them even on a dice roll. Right. Um, I'm, inclined, I'm inclined to say the most likely outcome is actually answer D, but if you, if you, that's not fun. Let's pick right. a team. Um, I, I think I'm going to pick Vegas. As crazy as that yeah, sounds. That's where I went uh, to. Yeah, they have been, of the three teams, I think, more directionally impressive. And the Devils, while I think that they have been a very fun early season team to watch. I, I just can't see them getting over the hump in that division. So the Devils might be a better team than Vegas today, but they're also, I think, playing in a substantially tougher division. So I will give the edge to, really, I give the edge to D, but if I had to pick a team, I'm picking Vegas over the other two. Yeah, I'd be with you there. Uh, Travis, looking at the uh, TSN.ca article on how long does it take to know a team's true talent. Bob McKenzie had said, don't believe everything after the first couple weeks. Take note after three and four. So now we're in week three, we're starting to slowly see some teams, how things are, are shaking out or might shake out. And you pulled out every single game since the start of the 2010-2011 season. So that's a lot of work. Thank you. And adjusted the team's expected uh, points pace. So what, what did you find? So I, the interesting thing here, there's two, there's two pieces of this. Bob McKenzie was like, hey, look, I don't, I don't believe anything in the first couple of weeks, uh, but I start believing it after a month. thought that was a really interesting question. Basically went through and simulated every single season that we've had in the modern era. And the really interesting thing for me is that um, depending on what level of confidence you want, you can start really buying into a team's true performance, I guess, after about the first 20 games. We start getting really accurate about 30 games into the season. When I say that, I mean, if you have 30 games in the bank, you pretty much know what that team is going to end up with in the point in the in the standings with about plus or minus about seven points, which is pretty accurate. Right. Um, a, a great example would have been like if you hit the thirty or so game mark on the Leafs last year, the most likely landing spot for them on a range would have been somewhere from like eighty-eight points to about a hundred points. So you know, at that point, not even halfway into the season, you had a good sense that Toronto was very much going to contend for the playoffs, um, and they ended up doing so. Uh, the, the the big takeaway, though, for me is that there is a lot of uh, truth to what, you know, what Bob said about uh, the first couple weeks kind of being very noisy. Um, it's it's it, I, I see the first two weeks as or first two weeks, three weeks uh, as, as more of which is about 10 games as more of an ironing out process for coaches, teams, players um, trying to get a feel for who they're playing with, what things are matter, uh, what what lines work, what pairings work. Um, but, you know, I, I think it speaks well to the differences in the NHL versus some of the other leagues. Now, if you look at the NBA, for an example, by game 15 of the NBA season, you pretty much know if you're a playoff team or not. Sure. So it's almost double that for the NHL, which I think is fascinating. It's more of a team talent game than an individual talent game, and there's a lot more noise in hockey than basketball, so it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that can give you a little bit of a breather if your team struggled out of the gates. but. You know, you put another 10 games of, of, of difficulty on top of what we've already seen for some of these teams. Uh, Anaheim, Edmonton, go down the list. You're, you're starting to get into an area where it's like, look, are we really at risk for not making the playoffs yeah. this year? Yeah, exactly. And the, the one exception might be you get to have that weird run that the Columbus had last year where you win, what, 16 in a row? Then you just kind of coast the rest of the way, right? That's, that's pretty much it. 
So that, that's 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 the big that's the big uh, exclamation point on this, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people realize. I certainly didn't as I went into this, like how streaky team performance can be. So, I mean, you can go through a stretch where you go, you can win nine of ten games, and you can go through another stretch where you lose nine of ten games. And you know, all of this comes back to the the question of: Are eighty two games enough to really sort out the contenders or the pretenders from the contenders? I think the answer to that question is yes for every league: NBA, NHL. Um, the NFL in a relative scale on a 16-game schedule. But, you know, I, I, I think it actually lends some uh, argument, uh, lends some credence to the argument that maybe these seasons should be a little bit shorter. Do we really need an 82-game season? Probably closer to that for the NHL than the NBA, but I, I still think both leagues can probably pare it down some. In conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost. Now, uh, Montreal Canadiens, Travis. We talked about the early uh, part of the season. When do you look? First couple weeks, the the Canadians just they just plain old look bad. They lost again last night, uh, one six and one. They have the lowest goals for in the NHL, but their defense might be even worse. How bad is Montreal? It's it's things things are not great and things are not great in Montreal right now. Um, the, the Canadians and this is a great. This is probably chapter one in the example of. When do you start worrying? Yeah. The key for me with the key for me with Montreal here is the offense. We knew if there was going to be a weak point this year, we knew it was going to be with the offense. Simply though, we said okay, even if Montreal's offense goes south and is and it is unproductive, uh, the defense and the goaltending should really hold up. Uh, Carey Price has been really bad to start the year, and Carey Price is an unbelievable talent. So the only thing that Montreal really couldn't have this year or couldn't afford this year was Carey Price to come out in the first 10 games of the year and post, I don't know, an 880 save percentage, which is basically exactly what he's done. Through six games, he's got one of the worst save percentages in the entire league. Um, expected save percentage, if you looked at what the, the shot quality that he's facing and the shot volume that he's facing, you see a, a, there's a wide gap between the two. So basically what uh, the conclusion there is that Carey Price should be making more saves than he probably is right now. So, again, like, Carey Price, we have hundreds and hundreds of games and hundreds and hundreds of uh, data points on Price, and we know that he's still one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, but, you know, it, it is an interesting thought where it's like, look, if this guy is your one and potentially only strength right now with this team, what happens if when he goes through a rough stretch? And every player in this league is entitled to go through a rough stretch. The problem is that Montreal has no room for error. And if Carey Price is having a rough season, I'm telling you, there's no way that Montreal will not – there's no way Montreal will make the playoffs if Carey Price has a season like the one he's starting with early in the year because they are so reliant on him to be the best goalie every single night, and we're just not saying it right now. Well, and another team you could say is relying on their goaltender, Travis, is the New York Rangers with Henrik Lundqvist. We've seen regression out of him, and, well, they have a very similar record to the Habs, 1-5-2. and two. So the, the thing that can, keeps you up at night if you're a Rangers fan, at least relative to, to Montreal Canadiens, is there's a lot more miles on Henrik Lundqvist. He is older. Uh, the, the team's performance has been shakier in the last couple of years than maybe Montreal. I think the Rangers are in legitimate trouble, whereas I think there is still potential room for Montreal to rebound. Uh, look, New York, number one, they're not playing in an easy division. Uh, we talk about the Pittsburgh-Washington gauntlet, right? But then it's always... You know, you've got to cut New Jersey came, is out of nowhere. Even if they're decent, that's unexpected. Carolina looks really good this year. Columbus looks really good this year. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Rangers can get away with can get away with uh, him having a rough year either. But I mm. think their margin of error is even less than than a Montreal team. Uh, Lundqvist has been the backbone for that team for a decade. 
Uh, last year, he pretty much went through it. He did not have a great year last year, and the fans were pretty, myself included, were, were looking at Delonquist and saying, this is an obvious candidate to bounce back. We haven't seen that from him yet, and we really haven't seen that from the team. The, the Rangers have looked beatable on pretty much every single night, and uh, I, I actually do think they are much more at risk for missing the postseason in Montreal. And quite hmm. frankly, I think both teams are at risk right now. Yeah, I'm with you. And last one for you here, Travis. We'll go to some positive news. The LA Kings, are they back? I haven't lost in regulation. More of an up-tempo style under new head coach John Stevens. Sometimes it's not that Daryl Sutter turned into a bad coach, but sometimes you just need a, a refresher, a, a change in philosophy, whatever, and get back. They've always been a dominant uh, controlling the play type of team. Uh, what are you seeing out of this LA, uh, this LA crew out of the, out of the gate? Well, I'm seeing two things, and to keep along with the goal, I will keep along with the goalie theme here. The first one is Andre Kopitar is looking like he is back. Yeah, Andre yeah. Kopitar had, had had not his best season last year. He is looking dynamite. He looks like he's 24 years old again. Uh, and that that when you're talking about Andre Kopitar returning to elite status, that's bad news for pretty much everyone else in the division. Mm-hmm. But the second one, and I and I mentioned this on Thursday, uh, the, I have always been a a Jonathan Quick advocate with one exception, which is I've always complained that he moves around way too much. And I I understand the lauding of him being an incredibly athletic goalie. He's probably the most athletic goalie in the league. Um, But the issue that I have always seen is that Quick constantly takes himself out of position. And I think what you see is that his save percentage is very average every single year, despite what I think a lot of Kings fans would tell you. His, His numbers have just not reflected a high-end goalie. This year he has been sensational, and I don't know if this is anecdotal or not. I think we need more games, more sample to actually make this conclusion, but what I see from Quick is a lot less movement between the pipes, and a lot less movement to me is the exact type of goalie you need in the modern era. Someone who's going to protect post-to-post, not take themselves out of the play, and let their body basically do the the grunt work. If if Quick has changed his game in any way in the offseason to be a less less post-to-post movement and more keeping shots in front of him, centering the body to the shooter type of goaltender. I, again, that's bad news for the rest of the division because I, no one has ever disputed the talent in Jonathan Quick's body. It's that I think he has never perfected or, or reached that balance between athleticism and turning, <laughs> turning shooters away on a consistent basis. So I think, I think we are seeing that uh, from Quick in the early goings here. And again, if, if Kopitar is back and Quick is back to being a higher-end goalie in this league, the Kings are going to the playoffs. Travis, a pleasure as always, sir. Let's do it again next week. Take care, Andy. All right, Travis Yost. Get him on Twitter. Always a great follow. Some hot food takes, too.